You're listening to SBS News. Yemania Brown, born in Samoa, is a proud Fafafine trans woman. Her identity is entwined in a culture that's long recognised gender diversity. All this thing about LGBTI, communities, my communities have dealt with it for thousands of years by accepting people because of what they do and what they bring. Yet LGBTIQ plus people across the Asia-Pacific remain legally marginalised by laws often dating back to colonial rule, as Isakele Vulevu from the Pacific Sexual and Gender Diversity Network explains. Pre-colonisation, there was a lot of non-normative gender and sexualities that were present in the Pacific until uh, the colonisers landed on our land and uh, changed the way people see and view those with non-normative gender and sexualities. Stigma, discrimination and violence, uh, of course, is a large part of the experiences of LGBTQI people in the Pacific growing up. Uh, climate change and disaster risk reduction, uh, recently we did a study. Of the Asia-Pacific nations considered a priority for Australian aid, 14 currently have laws criminalising same-sex relations, although the level of enforcement varies. Seven of those are in the Pacific, where legal rights for transgender and gender-diverse people are also restricted. Uh, Many of our members are not able to access uh, critical services and sectors which include health. Um, Not many people are confident to access health care because of the stigma and discrimination. Some nations are also moving to increase restrictions of same-gender relationships. In December, Indonesia passed laws to criminalise sex outside of marriage in three years' time. With the Labor government looking to improve ties with Pacific neighbours, it's drafting a new development plan. Advocates like Anna Brown, CEO of Equality Australia, see an opportunity for the federal government to prioritise the push for rights in the region. That means targeted funding to empower communities to make the change they need, an overarching strategy to drive Australia's approach to these issues and external leadership, high-level representation to advocate for LGBTI human rights here and abroad. Across the 2019-2020 financial year, Australia spent just $700,000 supporting overseas LGBTIQ plus programs. That pales in comparison to nations like Canada, which spent $25 million, and the Netherlands, the largest supporter, which allocated $75 million. Here's Dave Scammell, Senior Advisor at the Global Philanthropy Project. Over the last decade, I think within the context of uh, a shrinking overall aid budget, LGBTI issues have really been neglected, uh, whilst other donor governments have really expanded their support. Regional grassroots organisations say funding would change lives. Midnight Punkeset Watana is the Executive Director of APCOM, the Asia-Pacific Coalition on Male Sexual Health. These groups, LGBT groups, including ours, are doing really, really important work that's reaching the most marginalised that are not being supported by their governments when it comes to stigma discrimination and also when it comes to opportunities. Australia's Labor government positions itself as a strong supporter of the community. In a statement to SBS News, a spokesperson for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade highlighted the appointment of a new human rights ambassador who will work to protect and promote human rights globally, including the LGBTQI plus community. Advocates say Australia's Foreign Minister Penny Wong, a key figure in the legalisation of same-sex marriage, can play a prominent role. The Asia-Pacific will be high on the agenda at next week's World Pride Human Rights Conference. Naveen Rasik, SBS News. 